once again to bridge the gap in intercession for Renee, which is Kayla's mother. Father, we ask you to do what only you can do. Uh, you know the situation. Yes, it seems dire. Yes, it seems uh, uh, like there is no hope. But Father, you are our hope, uh, not the physicians, not the diagnosis, nothing that this world has can offer the hope that you supply. So, Father, we're asking you to once again bridge that gap, do what needs to be done, send your Holy Spirit, which is a comforter, Father, protector, guider, leader. Father, we need strength, we need grace. We need everything you could supply for this supernatural situation. Father, we, we can't help but to be uh, eager in an expectation that when we come to you in prayer, as you are our Father and we are your children, you promised us good things. And, Father, we don't know what that will is. We don't know what ultimately is good, but we trust you for it. So, we're asking asking you to be with Kayla, with the family, and to be with Renee in this situation, that we can lean on you and trust you with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding. And Father, you've promised to direct our paths. We're trusting in that, looking for a good a good result somehow, some way, through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. And amen. amen. John chapter 14, verse 26. So when I was a kid, and maybe when you were a kid, uh, I had the honor to be my father's gopher. <laughs> Whenever something was going on around the house, changing a filter, changing a tire, working or, you know, putting up, you know, fixing cabinets, whatever might have been around the house, I was his go-to. Because I knew exactly how to hand him a screwdriver. Or I knew exactly how to not know what channel lots were. <laughs> but as a kid, you have an opportunity to sit under your father. And what you think is, it's just fun. I really never imagined when I was a kid that this stuff that he was teaching me, by example, that later in life, I would know myself. Or that I would need to know myself. So my father had a toolbox. Most men do. And uh, most men have a tool cabinet or even a tool shelf. My father in the portion of the basement had pegboard up and he had everything hung up and, and he would tell me go after this or go after that or, but it was, but he had, man, he had everything. He really did. Uh, at least to a child, he had everything. And when I grew up, uh, I've been passed down stuff from my grandfather and even from my father, you know, some older tools that, you know, and so as I became a man, uh, I just felt like it was necessary to buy my own tools. <laughs> and, and as I become older and I'm getting into more things that a man will get into, you start to remember what you were taught as a child. I say all that to say this, that through the Holy Spirit, we are given a unbelievable supply for everything we will need in this life. We have that. He's given that to us. John 14 and 26 says it very clearly. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, look right there, teach you all things. I thought I was just being a gopher. I thought I was just being a runner. I thought I was just someone to hold it and watch my dad fix everything. But what I've come to find out is my father was allowing me by his side so that he may teach me that which only he at that time could do. That way one day I could be mature enough to be equipped and be able to handle that which he has given me. So it says right there, to, he shall teach you all things. And look, it even goes even deeper and bring all things to your remembrance. The first time I used the electric saw, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
But then I remembered, oh, my father said to keep the keep the keep the line. He, my father used to make the little arrows with the with the, and then he would run the square and he'd run the straight line and, and you have to run that middle of the of the saw blade and, and to keep it level. And you know, and I, I didn't know what that was, but I remember my father and, and the Holy Spirit will do that. It will bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now turn to Luke chapter 14. There's a reason why he gives us the Holy Spirit. There's a reason. And can I be honest with you? There are things in my toolbox today that have been given to me by my father or other people in my life, and I've had them for years, and I don't know what they do. I don't. And I'm not good at it. So here's the here's where God began to deal with me with this message. There are things that I have the ability to do because they're in my toolbox, and yet I have to hire somebody and pay someone to come to do that which I should know and have been taught how to do on my own. Ouch. That'll freeze, right? Hey, Pastor, I, I got a lady that lives next door to me. She's in the hospital, and she's not saved. I need you to come and talk to her. Wait a minute. Are you saved? Yeah. Do you have the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know? Or we need to we need to put together a little small group or a Sunday school class or whatever it might be, and, and we need someone to lead it. Well, do you have the Holy Spirit? Have you asked God if that's something in your repertoire? Because I hate to break it to you that the Holy Spirit is no respect of persons. The minute we receive Jesus Christ, we get it all. But the problem is. We are not mature because we've not sit under the Father's teaching long enough to learn what they're used for. Every year, my stepfather buys me a multimeter. And to this day, <laughs> I have no idea how to use it. And shame on me! Shame on me! Year one, I should have said, i got to figure out this thing. And every year. And you know what? God says that to me too. Shame on you, Brad. There's no reason why this can't be accomplished. No reason why you can't have this in your life. So Luke chapter 14, I want to show you exactly why we have the Holy Spirit. Turn, look at verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower? I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ don't want those shacks. When he's, when he's called you to life, he's called you to a life that is abundant. Once again, a city that is on a hill, one that shines, one that stands out, one that's set apart. One that when the storms come and they beat on the side of the walls, it is built to a degree that it is in unshakable. Yeah. Unshakable. Now, number one, the foundation's got to be there, and that is Jesus Christ. But anything, Paul says, anything we build above that. Once again, it's nothing without the foundation. But God, he says, any of you that intended to build a, fit, uh, build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it. If I do a project of the house, I don't start the project and say, I'll figure out what I need after I get into it. No, you assess it. You say, what am I going to need here? And when it comes to this Christian life, we have to ask the question, what am I going to need? 
What am I going to be faced with? What am I going to see? What do I have? And there is no, there is, should never come out of your mouth, Jesus Christ can't supply. Should come out of your mouth. If you have the Holy Spirit, I just proved in Scripture, He says He will teach you all things and bring all things. Not 95, not 75, not 50%, all things. We have that. But look, this is what happens because we are not maturing in our faith. We are not sitting under the leadership and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We're not in the Word of God, which I hate to use it as the instruction manual for life. It's kind of cliche. I think it's more than that. But the reality it is, it's everything we'll ever need. There is no issue you will address in your life that cannot be addressed in the Word of God. Not one. Not one. But here's what happens. We don't sit down. We don't count the cost. We're not concerned if we have everything. Because we're not concerned about using everything. Because we're going to skip along and we're going to allow everyone else to be spiritually what God is asking us to be spiritually on our own. Because listen, I hate to bring it to you. Your neighbor ain't building your Christian life. And if you're a man or a woman now, your parents aren't building your Christian life. You are. Now if you're a parent, you are at this time also building your children's tower. But look what it says here, verse 29. Less happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. That's what the world's doing. I hate to break it to you. They're waiting for you to fall on your face. They really want to see what this building looks like. They really want to see what the church actually looks like. What a Christian life actually looks like. The good times, everybody's going to look the same. We're all going to smile. We're all going to win. But I'm talking about when the storms come. You know, when the rain begins to, to rise. What's your house built of? And I'm telling you right now, you have everything in the Holy Spirit to build something unshakable. Unshakable. I'm not real good around the house. But when I do do something every once in a while... Hey, Megan says, she'll come and like kind of shake it. <laughs> like, see if it she'll kind of, she'll like put a ball on it, see if it rolls downhill. And sometimes I get it right. And she says, man, you built that good. I said, thank you very much. You're not going to run it, did. You know, you didn't have to pay anyone to do it. And I want the, I want the Holy Spirit to come in and to try. You know, I want the, you know, I want, I want the devil to maybe try me out every once in a while. I know that's scary to say. We don't want it. But I want him to say, let's see what you're made of. I hate to break it to you, but that's what God said to Job. The same thing in regards to Job. He said, if you tried my servant Job, considered him, he's perfect and upright. Not meaning perfect, but man, he was solid. <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, I've seen that. He said, you've built all this. He's, his tower is simply built by material things. And if you let me destroy those material things, he'll, he'll curse your face. God said, try him. Rip everything away where all that was left it was what? His integrity. That was it. His character. <laughs> and he's literally sitting on an ash heap, every, lost everything, scraping sores with with uh, broken pottery. And his wife says to him, what are you hanging on to? Curse God and die already. Literally, I can only imagine. Talk about a, a well-built house, a well-built Christian life, a well-built godly man. And it's literally been destroyed materially. And is standing there going, blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> Naked I came in the naked I'll return. You know? Unshakable. Like what do you what do you got left? Your integrity? And I only imagine the commentary I would say, if I was Joe, would say, it's all I had from the beginning. 
You were looking at the wrong thing. This thing, all that you see is not real. This thing is built because of God. And we have that. But I'm telling you, the world is ready to laugh. They, they want to laugh. Because it's not about you. Once again, he says they only hate you because they hate him. They only hate you because they hate Jesus. They want anything that could get, anything that brings glory to God, the devil hates. And because the devil hates it, the world hates it. And they want to laugh. They want to see you fall on your face. And I know that's hard because we shouldn't have to like fake it all the time. You know, because times are tough. And man, sometimes we just can't do it. That's why it's so important to say, God, you've given me through the Holy Spirit everything I need to build this life. Look at verse 30 saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. There's nothing that breaks my heart more. And men and women of the faith that somehow, some way, the devil gets in and begins to chip away. Begins to chip away. And I want to tell you tonight that we have so many tools in, in, the, in the Holy Spirit that we, if we would just learn, we would just lean on God and say, God, I, I've trusted you. I've trusted you to teach me all things. I've trusted you to do the work that I can't do. Number one, we have this. I want to turn to Jude. Jude, Jude. We're going to read verses 20 through 25. Number one, we have in the Holy Spirit tools to build up. To build up. Now, I think sometimes, let me say this too. If i got a job to do that I need a screwdriver, but I bring a hammer, it's not going to work properly. Well, it's a tool. No, no, no. It's not just a tool. It's got to be the specific tool. But I'll tell you, sometimes Christians got it all backwards. We're supposed to be building up when we're tearing down. And when we're supposed to be tearing down, we're building up. And I'm telling you, we've got it all wrong. It's not just to say we have all the tools, but what's the specific tool to use? The Father taught us. Taught us all things. In fact, we'll bring it to remembrance. I just asked Sophie the other day. Said, go give me a Phillips screwdriver. She said, a Phillips screwdriver. She brings me a flathead. She said, you said screwdriver. I said, a Phillips. What's a Phillips? She doesn't know. She just grabbed the first tool that looked like a screwdriver. She's not mature enough in it. But I'm telling you right now, there's no excuse when we have the Holy Spirit why we are not maturing. I'm not saying you have to arrive. I'm not saying you got to be all the way in. But I'm saying there is no excuse why we're not moving forward a little bit every day. I should know how to use a multimeter after getting one for Christmas for six years. And if you've been in church all your life, there is no excuse why you are not building a life that is solid for Jesus Christ. Jude says this, but ye beloved, verse 20, building up yourselves. Building up yourselves on the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unto eternal life. I need to give you a newsflash folks. It's not hard to be nice to people. I know. It's. <laughs> I know. But we can be. Amen. You know. They say you can do a whole lot more with honey than vinegar. Amen. Right. We need to be building ourselves up. Either we're on the same team or we're not. And if we're not, let's go home. But I'm telling you, we're on the winning side. We need to be in this thing together. And we need to be building, using the tools that the Holy Spirit gave us to build ourselves up. 
Build ourselves up. Encourage one another. But not only building up, but tearing down. Now, once again, I think sometimes we got it backwards. But there are tools that are meant for tearing down. I'm not good at a lot of projects, but demo is my specialty. <laughs> you give me a sledgehammer, I can go to town. But spiritually, there are things in our Christian life that should be tear, tore down. We have the tools to tear them down, but somehow they are still standing today. And it's a shame. Because we have to understand, it says right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. And when I mean mighty through God, I mean there is nothing that you will encounter. No resistance, no enemy, nothing that can that can thwart the weapons that Christ has given us. But he says our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down. The pulling down of strongholds. The, the tearing down of strongholds. There's no reason why I should be not mature in my faith. And if I've got sin in my life, I know we don't preach on it enough, but if I'm, if I'm building this thing, and I've been in this thing for a while, and I, listen, I, and, I, and I got all the tools of the Holy Spirit, I should be able to tear stuff down. Sometimes it might be painful. Sometimes there's memories to it. Steve Dodd just mentioned that they're uh, putting a, a new little house where their old house was, and she said it's tough watching them tear down something old. I'll be honest. There are some things we have been in so long that we are, or it, we know it more than we know anything else. I mean, it's, it is woven in who we are. So to tear it down is almost, I've got, I know people that are, that are in relationships, that are in relationships that they've been in there a couple years, you know, but they feel like if they, if they end it, man, all that will be wasted. And even though they know it's maybe not right, but those, a year or that two years or however long it might be, that, oh my gosh, well, I've wasted all that time. Okay. Keep going. See, if you regret it now, see what it's like in 20 years. It ain't going to get better. Tear it down if it needs to be torn down. you got to wrestle with that. Once again, I can't tell you what tools to use, but you have them in the Holy Ghost. You have them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. One of my favorite tools we have is the tools to create. Can I tell you right now that when Jesus Christ came into my life, he created a new creature. Amen. That's what it says. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new. He created it. Created it. All old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is beautiful. Because I can speak to anybody and say, listen, I can tell you right now. And I like a guy who comes in who's confident about the project. You know, you get some people that go, I don't know. What does that see? Eh, I don't know if I can do it or not. But I like some people going, oh, that's nothing. I'll have that done in two days. It could have cost you an arm and a leg, but I'll have it done in two days. <laughs> you know? But I like that confidence. And that's the confidence I have in Jesus Christ. And I can go to an addict. I can go to a drug dealer. I can go to a rapist. I can go to anybody and say, listen, if you let Jesus Christ in, he can create in your life something completely new. I mean, he can create something. I've also seen that the Holy Spirit can create relationships. I thought I had friends when I was in sin. I did. I thought they were good friends, too, until I met Christian friends. Man, I'm telling you some relationships that Jesus Christ has created 
Oh, strong. I've got stronger relationships. I hope my family ain't listening. I've got some stronger relationships in church than I've got in family. That's, that's what Jesus Christ can create. He can do that. You know what? I, I, I love to. I don't think it's by coincidence that Jesus Christ would happen to be a carpenter's son. So we know about carpenters. You know, they can build. That's what they do. They can build. They can take something that's nothing and make it beautiful. You know, that's what they can do. I mean, they can, I mean, you can start with nothing and say, wow, I can't believe that. And you can create it. That's what Jesus Christ can do. He took nothing, and maybe it's not beautiful, but to him it is. You know, it's him, it's precious. And, and to you, you're precious to him. But that's what he can do. He can build. But I love about a carpenter. Not only a carpenter's good at building, but they're good at restoring. You know, they're good at fixing things. I thought about it. I already left the house, but I said, you know, sometimes we, we want God to fix things, and I know he can but you know what? Sometimes he can just tape it up real good and hold it together. <laughs> you know? My grandfather was the king of duct tape. I'm not joking. I mean, he would duct tape that whole car, you know? And it would hold it together. Just not. I'm telling you, you'd get above 55, the thing would rattle itself apart. But it held together by that tape. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ wants to fix whatever problem you got tonight. But if you can't, he'll hold it together. He will hold it together. And that's really what we need, Right? We say, hey, just hold it, just hold on a little longer. Just hold it together. You can't. It's not something you can do. We are built to fall apart. Delbert said the other day, Brad, I'm just falling apart. You're not. That's just this body. That's just things of this world. It's not meant to be eternal. And yet we focus so much on the temporal and not the eternal when Jesus Christ said, I want to build something that's unshakable. But he can fix it. I'm telling you right now. I love the promises that Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. Yeah. He says, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Get the edge in, you know. Get away a little bit. It happens. But brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. Yeah, restore amen. such a one. What do you mean? There's What? I thought we just kicked him to the curb. <laughs> Tell him, sorry kid, we can't do anything for you here. Good luck at the next place. No, he said, he said, if you're spiritual and you see your brethren out of the will of God, and you can use whatever tool you want. I've seen what happens when people fall out. You got people that use hammers. <laughs> uh, Ray Parsons always said it's called the velvet hammer. He said, don't hurt at the beginning, but you go home and you got a bruise. He said, it's called a velvet hammer. That's, Christians are good at using those, you know. They hurt real quick. They don't hurt at the beginning, but they hurt later on. But that's not what he calls us to do. Use tools to restore. To restore such a one. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Be gentle with it, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I've always thought that that meant tempted by the same sin that maybe they were falling out with. And maybe that's the case. But maybe there's a temptation there to to be (laughs) self-righteous. Better you than me. I would have never allowed that to happen. I would have never gotten far away from the Lord like that. Yeah, well, I hope you don't ever. And I hope if you ever do that someone comes in the spirit of meekness Amen. and knows through the maturity of the Holy Spirit Amen. how to restore Amen. and not tear down. Yeah. That's what we need. I'm telling you right here. If, if we could just get a hold of it, we'll be honest. I know there are doctrines that believe it and we can disagree and we can agree to disagree. But I believe when I got saved, I got it all. I got it all. I don't have to go back again for it. I don't got to keep on coming back for it. I got it all. Because what lives in me is the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ literally raised him from the dead. 
That's the same spirit. And it says, and that same spirit shall mortify the deeds of the flesh. We'll kill it off. There's nothing that we cannot handle. We have it. The problem isn't the Holy Spirit. I hate to break it to you. If you've got issues in your spiritual life, the problem is not the Holy Spirit. The problem is we don't know how to use it. We don't know how to use it. If I would have listened to my father a little bit more when I was a kid, (laughs) if I would have paid a little bit of attention, they didn't have phones then, but uh, you know, I'd just be doing something else. I wouldn't even be paying attention. And I'd sure enough, I'd wander off and he'd say stay close, but he'd be under the sink. So he couldn't see me. <laughs> so he's on the sink working and I'd stripped off and maybe the TV was on in the background and he'd say, Brad. And he had one there. Brad. Bradley Joseph! <laughs> I'm right here. What? Where were you? But what I needed to be right down there, right next to him, seeing what he was doing. And see, there's no excuse. The Holy Spirit says, listen, I will show you and I will teach you, but you've got to want to learn. we got to want to learn. We have to have a desire to learn what we have. Because I'm telling you, if we could get a hold of what we have in the Holy Ghost, we could change this world. Amen. We could change it. There's nothing we could not build. There's nothing we could not tear down. There's nothing we could not create. There is nothing we cannot fix. And lastly, I just, uh, JB in our little Bible study handed out some gloves yesterday. Uh, and, and he was talking about a different illustration. But he said at his work, when he worked at Valley Dairy, he said uh, he got uh, elevated to a position on freight. And he said every morning they would give him a pair of gloves to use. And he said they gave that to me at their expense. To have that so I wouldn't have to get my hands dirty. He said, because you could get splinters and the pallets and all these things. He said, but every morning they were there when I clocked in. Here they are. And he said, and I would stick those things in my back pocket and I went with them every day. And he said, I ever, at a moment's notice, I could pull them out and use them. Yeah. And can I tell you one thing that I think we don't use enough in the Holy Spirit? is the tools to protect. Amen. To, pull, to, to protect our heart, to protect our mind. Protect our sight. I mean, that's why we have them. So we don't have to get dirty. You know? JB said, I didn't have to take them. But they said, hey, they're free. And I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Spirit, it's all free. It's there at their, at at God's expense. He said, you can have it. Now, if you want to, if you want to risk, once again, I'm not saying I'm going to fire you, but hey, it's going to be on you. If you dirty your clothes, you dirty your hands, if you go home with calluses and splinters, and I think as Christians sometimes, God say, hey, I can protect you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it if you don't want it. Go ahead, make a mess. (laughs) Go home. My wife says, I do not buy you jeans. She said, sure enough, I'll buy you a decent pair of jeans. And she said, the next day, you're in oil or grease or something. She said, I stopped doing it. She would stop me at the door. I'm a grown man. Listen, I only got to do two things. Be white and die. That's it. I said, that is all I have to do. I'm a grown man. And if you just tell me no, I'm going to do it anyways. But she would stop me at the door and say, go back in and change your clothes. I said, excuse me? (laughs) Go back in and change your pants right now. Yes, ma'am. (laughs) Because <laughs> she knew. She knew. I do not trust you <laughs> to not make a mess. And I hate to break it to you. Jesus Christ says, listen, I don't trust you. That's why I give you the Holy Spirit. I give you. So I want to read a verse right here. Uh, Isaiah 26 and 3. You don't have to turn there, but it says this. That will, that will keep him in perfect 
peace. Amen. That's what he says. Amen. I don't know about you, but perfect peace, man, that's good. I will keep you. He says, that's what he'll do. Thou will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. Because he trusted in me. See, if Jay wouldn't have taken the gloves if he didn't trust him. <laughs> if he, you know, and I got to be honest, when I worked for my father, we had a, a ceramic department that would do industrial ceramics. And my father sometimes would be a little cheap. And he'd get those Harbor Freight 7 mil rubber gloves. <laughs> you couldn't even put them on. They just like rip right through. <laughs> and the guys would come and say, listen, I can't, I can't do it with this. You know? <laughs> it's not perfect. You've, you've, you've set me up to fail. But I'm telling you, through the Holy Spirit, it will be perfect peace. Amen. I'm telling you, perfect peace. But the thing is, you got to trust it. you got to walk it out. you got to want it. They stopped asking for the gloves. <laughs> I didn't work. They stopped asking. I'd rather really go with my own hands than have to fake it, you know? So let me ask this question. So we know what we have in the Holy Spirit. We have tools just like this toolbox. Not only do we have all the tools... But we've got the specific tools. You got issues in your relationship and your marriage, I'm telling you, there's a tool in the Holy Spirit for that. You got financial issues, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can do that. You got spiritual issues, which is the number one issue. I don't understand how people can have spiritual issues when they have the Holy Spirit. How can you have the Holy Spirit and have spiritual issues? It's contrary to the Spirit which you've been given. But people do. Because they don't know how to use them. They don't know really what they got. I hate to break it to them, but a lot of people just don't want to go to hell. And I get that. I don't want to go to hell either. But I think you're selling the Holy Spirit short. I think it could do a whole lot more. Amen. I think it could do a whole lot more if only we'd learn. And I'm telling you, it's not something that your pastor can instruct you on. It's not something even Sunday school. It is a school of the Holy Spirit. It is a school of the Father. The only way I can learn how to use the tools as a child is to sit under my father. And the only way you're going to learn how to use what the Holy Spirit gives you is if you ask. James says it right here. We'll close on that. I'm going to ask Elaine and Rob come get an invitation. James 1 and 5. I hate to say this, but once again, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. He says right here. If any of you lack wisdom, what is wisdom? It's knowledge plus experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's what wisdom is. It's knowledge plus experience. Well, you say, well, I'm young. I've never been through it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. It's already walked it out. But I've not went to the doctor yet. I don't even know the diagnosis they've given me. He's already been there. <laughs> That's what he's done. He's giving you wisdom. You can't have it. It's not something you can do. You've not walked through life yet. You've not got to the next level of the tower. You don't know the storm front that's coming up. You don't know. So if you lack wisdom, which you do, that's fine to say that. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When was the last time you prayed? God, I want to go a little deeper. God, I'm still stuck on the hammer. You know? But there's a multimeter somewhere in here, and I want to learn to use it. I want to learn to use it. I don't want to have to rely on other people for something you can teach me. Really. Did premarital counseling the other day. I don't know if I mentioned this. 
First thing I put on the board. Number one. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and as I'm writing it out, they go, what, excuse me? <laughs> and I go, I don't. I don't. But you know who does? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he can't go wrong. He can't get it wrong. So if any man lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and look. What if he doesn't give me? What if he doesn't want to? What if he doesn't think I deserve it? Folks, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says if I ask of God, which is my Heavenly Father, that I want wisdom, that I lack anything else, that I want to go deeper in the Holy Spirit, that I want to make sure I have every tool to build up, to tear down, to protect, to, uh, to fix, to create. I want to know it all because I want, to, I want to be ready at a moment's notice to do what I need to do in my Christian life. That way I can finish what you started. He says in Philippians 1.6, be confident of this. And he just began a good work. We're not confident of it. We're not. We're good on the foundation, but we stink on everything else. Oh man, that's what he said. Who's, we need to step back and count the cost that we have, what it takes, that is, we're sufficient to, to finish it. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's sufficient. His grace is sufficient. But look what it says, and we'll get a song. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. Liberally. And abradeth not, and it shall be given him. I'm telling you, if you come with a sincere heart and say, Jesus Christ, here I am. I want more. I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. I want you to equip me. I'm telling you, he'll do a work that you'll never imagine. He will show you things that you already have access to. You just don't know how to use them. And I'm telling you, you will be able to use this thing. I'll be honest. <laughs> My toolbox sits out there and barely ever gets used. You know? But it feels good sometimes, doesn't it, bro? feels good to go out there and say, you know what? I'm going to build this thing. Because it's the easiest thing to do. It's copy the excuse that I'm just going to hire somebody. I'm just going to wait and it's not going to do it. And things are left undone. And I'll be honest, if you think you're, my wife's upset, the Holy Spirit's upset. Because we shouldn't put it off. We should say, that's it. I have it. It's in here. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to teach me. We're going to get this thing done. We're going to get this thing done. We're not going to put it off another day. And man, we're going to step back and we're going to give glory to God. Look what you've done. Look what you've allowed me to do to participate in. There's nothing I love more than working for my father and starting. We go out there and have to build this huge project. And I'd see a welder. He'd just have a piece of flat bar and an I-beam. And he would go, I said, how's it going on the project? We're about to start. And he'd just put a little tack weld on this little piece of flat bar. And he'd go like that. I'm like, that's it? (laughs) And then I'd come back a week later. And man, thing was loaded on a truck, sandblasted and painted. And man, we sat back and said, man, let's look what we created. Yeah. And God wants to do that in your life. He wants to step back and say, man, look what we've done. Look what the Holy Spirit did in your life. Yeah. That's what it means to be a Christian. To be proud to be a Christian. To say, man, you've given me it all. All right, we're going to let's stand. Listen, if you've got a reason to pray, if you want to go deeper, I'm telling you, this altar's open. You can pray while you're at I don't care. I'm just telling you, you need to ask God, listen, you've given me it all. If you're saved tonight, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit and you have the tools that you need for this life. Every one of them. The question is, do you know how to use them? That's the question for you tonight. It's Rob Sings. Page 309.